So now, nah, fuck it. Let's let's fucking go right into that. And uh, today on the uh, show, on the podcast, whatever the fuck you want to call this, I'm gonna just introduce this shit right now, and I'll let you get into it. I have Rafael Flores. Do you go with the junior, or is it just Rafael Flores? How do you want? Uh, I go with the junior as for my writer name, but you can just call me Rafael. Okay. All right, cool. So we got Rafael Flores Jr., aka just Rafael. And um, this is going to be a unique episode. If you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, fucking Apple Podcast, or um, watching it on YouTube, wherever, or if you're on Patreon for the real hardcore fans, this is going to be unique because Raphael finished his first comic. It's done. The Kickstarter is about to launch, or has it launched already? So the Kickstarter has already launched. Uh, we're in our about third week now, and we're already funded. Okay. So. You don't got to worry about um, us not funding. We're going fine. We're already funded. There you fucking go. There you fucking go. So we're going to get into this. And this is going to be fucking dope because, again, he just went from waking up one day to say, hey, I want to write a comic. I want to fucking create my own comic. To now fully funded through Kickstarter. This shit is fucking badass. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to get into this. So, Raphael, pleasure having you on, my dude. Talk to me. Tell tell me how how did this freaking come to fruition? Well, um, like everybody probably who's watching, uh, I was a big comic book fan. Uh, grew up reading comic books. Um, I even worked at a comic book store for a couple years uh, while I was also working at a library. Um, and my passion of comic books just never went away. I knew I wanted to write them. I just didn't really know how to you know get started. Uh, so. Um, I was, I had a couple of false starts, uh, trying to get started in writing comic books. You know, I was, I was trying to work with artists, trying to figure out how to collaborate, um, how to build a universe. So I did a lot of like character designs and just kind of like story synopsis. And I was going to try pitching those, you know, and I wasn't really getting any good feedback. Yeah. Let's pause right there because you say you ran into like hiccups. Like what, what are some of the challenges? Because most of the times when people, especially for myself, when I see someone is like, yo, I just dropped a fucking comic book and it shit looks fire. I don't see any of the problems. It just seems like it was smooth sailing for everyone. So what are some of the situations that you ran into that kind of got you deterred from writing your first couple of projects? So, yeah, the first time around, um, I kind of wanted to do these big stories that were probably like 12 issues long and longer even. You know, they're really long stories, and I just, I didn't have enough, um, I, I, I wasn't there yet, ready yet, to commit to that kind of long of a story, because if you're going to commit to a 12-issue series, especially when you're, like, just starting out doing indies, it can take you years to get that done, and so you want to start kind of small, and I was keep, I kept hearing that, I kept ignoring that advice, um, I just wanted to do my big ideas, you know? Um, but I heard the, the advice to start small, um, I and I, I decided to do a, just a two-page short comic book, and um, and that was after you know these false starts of you know doing these character designs, kind of uh, working with artists, but then figuring out that the artist wasn't the right fit for the book after a while. You know, you kind of run into that a lot of times, where you're working with an artist and sometimes it just it just isn't working. And for whatever like reason, bad marriage, man. It's like you get yeah. married and you're like, oh, I'm fucking excited. And then fucking two, three, four, five years down, you're like, how the fuck did I end up with this person? Exactly, exactly. And like you might have, you might be really stoked on their art at first, or they may be telling you that they're really stoked on stoked on your story or whatever. But for whatever reasons, um, it might not, it might just not work out. Um, it could be money constraints. It could be just personality doesn't fit well. Um, and so when I met Azriel, um, and I kind of decided I wanted to just start small, I wanted to focus on my brand, which is Kamazots Comics. And, um, and I wanted to just start small. I wanted to do, I wanted, I made it a challenge for myself to kind of just do a two page comic book with a splash page at the, at the, on the last page. And that was kind of the challenge to myself. And so I did that. And that was the first, you know, the return of Kamazots, the short comic that, um, went on to be a negative space finalist in a contest. Um, and I got a lot of attention from it. You know, that's what Daniel saw. And he, that's how he picked me up to, uh, to do uh, the Return of Comzots as a series. And so that's how where I'm at right now. 
All right, cool. And for everybody that's listening, we're talking about Daniel. Daniel's actually the first person that I officially interviewed on my podcast. He was with Concrete Comics. He is the creator of Indie Star Boy and uh, Tanakh Got a Fire. But he branched off, and now he is starting his own indie comic book publishing company that is surrounded by horror. He's yeah. a big horror fan, and I'm going to assume that you're a big horror fan as well. So just catching yes. everybody up to speed. Yeah, and so, um, you know, he was developing this new publisher, and I had kind of already knew his work from Concrete, and we had uh, we had been in touch to for him to edit some of my stuff and um like some of the stuff that i was having issues with and we did a short comic mother wolf and cubs and that was also a negative space finalist and so we kind of worked well together um so he asked me after we did the the mother wolf and cubs he asked me to be he asked me to um you know do the return of comics as a series and um so that just began the work of developing it um we started off he asked me to do an outline first uh, an outline is just like a page summary of the um, of what the comic was going to be. Uh, we had like a kind of a page limit that we were trying to aim for because, um, you know, like, like, again, we couldn't do a 12 issue series. We, we just weren't there yet, you know, and this is my first comic book. So I knew I wanted it to be kind of small, you know, uh, almost self-contained. And so that's, we, that's, that's actually smart as fuck. That's yeah. smart as fuck because we have the microwave mentality of the generation that we're in right now. Sometimes yeah. I get projects that are like loaded up with a lot of pages and it's like, even for myself, it's like fucking intimidating because it's like, yo, I got mad shit that I got to do. But then when somebody gives me like a crisp, concise couple page project and the artwork is fire, it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to commit to reading this because I could read it in a couple of minutes or whatever it is. Exactly. And, and like, I think everybody wants to do like their walking dead and like tell a series that's going to go on forever and ever. But realistically, yeah. realistically, when you're starting out, you just can't do that. It's just, it's just, it would be too long and too hard and too much money investment, especially when you're, you're the writer, you know, uh, being the main producer of the comic. So now, um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think that there is a pun intended art form where you can take your idea and make it into a concise couple of pages, but also have the end goal in mind, if obviously the finance is there, to have a big expanded universe. Do you feel like somebody who can create shit like that could basically fucking write their own ticket? Yeah, and that's exactly what what the goal you want to do. And that's exactly what we did. Um, so we have that small self-contained story, which is kind of the return of Comzox. It's three issues long. After that, we're going to put it in a graphic novel. And then, um, and I, I expect, I, I'm expecting that we're going to get a lot of um, people wanting more after this. And so we've already got ideas for what's going to come next, but we, we hope and we, we wanted to make at least the first part of this story, you know, self-contained and had an ending that was kind of finite, uh, just in case, you know, we couldn't finish it or we can't go on. We wanted to have a good ending, you know? Okay. Shit, me from me reading it, it's like yo, I fucking want more. It's, it's like you, you <laughs> we got want people to want fuck so that's that's the goal too, you know. Yeah, you got you got like the the concise elements of two people fucking around in a fucking ancient temple, and then all shit going to hitting the fan mm -hmm. like afterwards. Like in my mind, I'm always thinking about the fucking people, the archaeologists, whoever it is that go to fucking like Egyptian temples or Aztec or Mayan temples or wherever it is. And they're just fucking around with shit. And it's like, yo, yeah. you guys aren't afraid to get cursed. Like, or at least step on a booby trap and lose a fucking leg. Like, yo, come on, man. Hey man, these things really do have curses, man. Like, uh, you think all those uh, artifacts that they took, you know, from the, from, you know, every culture around the world, you know, those things have curses, man. <laughs> you shouldn't be messing with that yeah. stuff. Um, I, feel like so. that, I feel like that's where the fucking British Empire started to fall off. As soon as they started yeah. fucking around with Egypt, everybody started revolting and they started losing everything. Yo, shout out to the U.S. for a fucking kicking British, I mean, uh, Great Britain's ass. But uh, yeah. anyway, but yeah, man, that's fucking that's fucking dope. So, all right, cool. So we accomplished, we got our fucking Kickstarter funded. What was that like? Have you ever ran a Kickstarter before, or are you feeding off of the knowledge of Daniel? 
uh, this was me completely feeding off the knowledge of Daniel. Um, and that was the whole, like, whenever he came to me and asked me to do the series, I was like, you know, yes, thank God. This is what I've been waiting my, you know, my whole life for. Because I've been trying to get into comic books. You know, I've been sending out pitches to publishers and stuff, never getting anything back, never even getting so much as just like, hey, you're doing a good job. Keep up, keep up the good work. I got a couple of those. But um, um, Daniel was the first one to really push me, really have my back, really, you know, I read every single page I was producing because, um, you know, I have a lot of, um, you know, you know, when you're a writer, you have a lot of uh, self-confidence issues or, or maybe you don't, you don't believe in your work um, as much as you should. I think everybody, you know, deals with that. Um, and, and so I think having an editor to kind of tell you that, no, you're, what you're writing is good and don't worry about it because we're going to, we're going to, you know, polish this after we're done. We're going to make this look really good. So. You know, that was what I needed. That was what Daniel provided. And um, and that's what Gr Grimcore provided. And so, yeah, man, like he's been there, you know, to basically guide this whole project from day one. And um, and that includes the Kickstarter. You know, he basically him and, and Mason, uh, the graphic designer, he, they, they built the whole Kickstarter themselves. And, uh, you know, we just kind of did the artwork. You know, we did the story. So, it was really cool because... Um, you know, I didn't yeah, have not, to worry not, that much. Not, you know. What'd you say? I said it was cool because I didn't really have to worry that much about it. Um, it was, I was able to kind of just relax and, and not worry that much about it. I was doing these podcasts, which are fun. And they're kind of, they were at first they were stressful, but like I'm starting to get the hang of it too. Um, but, you know, it's, it's all right. I enjoy it too. Yeah, you got to be excited. You got to promote your shit, obviously. I mean, the best way to do it is obviously social media. But then second way is like, all right, cool. How do we figure out who the person is that actually read it? So it all has yeah. to deal with the branding of yourself. And, you know, that's one thing that I, I understood in the beginning. It's like, yo, if I want to sell anything, people are going to be sold out to me more than my project, especially if they don't know me. So I was like, yo, let me just start fucking branding myself or whatever that means for me. Yeah specifically but yeah i get it and it and it's smart and it's fortunate that you have somebody with experience to kind of help you along i i find that a lot of people don't really have that you could call it mentor or guidance or whatever it is that is literally helping you along and obviously your success is tied together because daniel's trying to build up his publishing company and it's like, yo, you got to have fucking successful titles. So it's dope that you're fully funded in three weeks, man. That's incredible. Yeah. And cool. yeah, and Daniel's a big help. He's been a big help through the whole process. You know, it couldn't have happened without him. Here we go. Where, where are you getting your inspiration from? What what got you into horror? What made you want to take that route other than like the typical like superhero route? Uh, well, I think I'm, well, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so I guess the whole, it started with the mythology, you know, Kamazots and uh, Aztec. It was not Aztec, it's Mayan mythology. Um, and that kind of, I, I really like learning about Mayan and Aztec mythology, you know, both of them. Um, they share a lot of similarities, a lot of gods are similar, or even what, the same. What's, the difference between the two? what's that? What's the difference between the two? Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of similarities, uh, a lot of synchronicities, like in other religions you see. Where there's like they share gods that are very much similar and they they stand for the same thing but they just have a different name um or they they kind of took in other people's other tribes gods and then you know gave them a new name or kept the same name um Kamazots is one of those gods that was taken in from uh i think zapotec uh, uh religion and into mayan religion so he's a really old god he's a very ancient god um and I like learning about that stuff. There was this one book, uh, Dark Heart of Sky, no, Feathered Serpent, Dark Heart of Sky, uh, written by David Bowles. Um, you should totally read that if you're into like Aztec and Mayan mythology, because it kind of combines both of them into like this okay. like chronological order of the beginning of mankind or the beginning of creation, basically, to where we are now and what age we are now. And um, it has really cool stories about Kamazans. And about um, you know the Mayan hero twins in it, and I kind of wanted to take that part, the Kamazots and the Mayan hero twins, to kind of go through this kind of um, it's this very uh, interesting thing that where each of the Mayan hero twins they're kind of being forced they're like it's a reincarnate it's like an avatar thing where you know you're reincarnated each each um, age is reincarnated again 
or they're basically their father has twins and then they have twins and then they have twins. And so, and they always go through this journey of going into Miklan or going into Shababa, uh, the underworld and uh, encountering the gods of the underworld. And, um, okay. and there's different stories and stuff. And I kind of wanted to make this new, this is this new age, this new age story of the Mayan hero twins in our you know, modern world uh, and going you know, into a temple and, and encountering Kamazats and then what happens next, you know, that's, that's the, what the story is about. But um, it all came from that really, just learning about the mythology. Um, I, I do love horror movies. I'm a big horror movie fan, uh, especially things like um, werewolf movies, Dracula, uh, monster movies. Um, a big uh, American Werewolf from London was a huge inspiration for this book. Um, so yeah, just horror movies in general. Yeah, I can fucking see it from the cover. The cover looks like one of those what maybe like nineteen fifties or or sixties. I don't know what era, but it looks like those horror movie eras where it's like the the uh, the swamp thing or the fucking space invaders from Mars type of shit. Uh, that immediately when I see that, I'm like, all right, cool. Like this shit looks fucking dope. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I could get I could get into a whole fucking like rabbit hole. I was literally like before this, as I was setting up, I was watching a YouTube video on the basically why the humans are on earth and how the moon is actually like a satellite device that's supposed to capture souls for this alien race and like i could go down a whole fucking rabbit hole and it talks about some of the ancient gods and mm-hmm. all of these different uh religions so like egypt or the uh, sumerians or the aramaic like all of this shit and how they basically all talked about these space gods and how yeah. You know, the moon wasn't even there when they were talking. I don't know, just a whole bunch of shit. I could go into a whole fucking. Hey man, me too, man. Like our ancestors, man, they knew a lot more than we know today. You know, and and their their understanding of the world was a lot different. But like, I I love that we're able to kind of go back and try to try to piece out what they knew and try to relate it to our day, our our world today. You know, I love doing that. I love I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things, and it's crazy how aliens gods hell demons like all of this shit can kind of like be combined together and that's one of the like the story that i'm writing kind of like feeds into that a little bit i won't get too too much detail i know i talk about this shit on every almost every single episode but it's crazy how all of those things combine together like now i'm hearing a theory and i just heard it through one of the ufo congressional hearings that one of the theories is that aliens put us here on earth to basically harvest our souls and that when we go through different emotions that kind of feeds them and one of the most powerful emotions is anger and violence which is why the alien race basically positions themselves here and then makes humans basically super violent another theory is that humans or our version of humans was originally with these seven basically species in space, but because humans were so violent, they basically kicked us out of their galactic empire, put us here on Earth, and then we basically either dominated the Neanderthals and all of the other humanoid races that were here, or like bred with them, whatever you want to call it. And that's why we're here and we're so violent. And yeah, it's there's, just something very interesting. there's something to that. There's something to that. Is, um, there's there's a lot to that because I think uh, you you know you people know when they hear bullshit, but people know when they hear the truth. And when yeah. you say stuff like that, you kind of bring a lot of that rings true. There's a reason why we have a lot of um, war gods in in, a, in all different cultures. Um, there's a reason why they worship the planets and the stars. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of connections there. I think, and and I don't think you're far far off from what might actually be going on so yeah man it's like yo i could <laughs> like i said i could fucking go in on these fucking topics man it's it's fucking interesting and it's cool and it's cool it's that you know people can take parts of that shit but then mm. put it in different forms of art so i'm i'm sure um you know a lot of the media that we consume today has some aspects from old religions which old religions the way we interpret it now from space or from the gods or from heavens or, or whatever it is. And it's super cool. Like 
one of my favorite movies is Prometheus. Yeah. Um, which is like an extension from Alien. And they basically show the engineers basically came to Earth and, you know, swallowed their fucking goo. And then the DNA broke down, but then it combined it together to basically create life on Earth. So then Earthlings basically want to fucking go and find these engineers because we see, or this specific science team sees them as this is the gods of our world. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they're fucking very yeah. malicious. But <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go visit them. They don't want. <laughs> they don't want you. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's the that's the type of that's the type of shit that I like, man. I like I like those type of horror movies where they combine space, but do it doing it in like a creative way, if that makes sense. Like I'm not all like, and don't get me wrong, I do like the the movies that are super gory, but I like the ones that like kind of like mix like Star Trek and Star Wars with like horror. Mm-hmm. Like, those, like those cosmic horror, yeah. It almost gives you like this cosmic dread of how how small we insignificant we are. Like that kind of feeling, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, you ever watch not Robot Chicken. What the fuck is that shit? Um that shit on Netflix. I can't remember the name. It's basically uh, like a, a oh, what'd you say? Oh uh, nothing. I was thinking of Cartoon Network again. Yeah, yeah, Robot Chicken is from Cartoon Network, but no, it's 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 something to that effect. It's basically a whole bunch like like artists come up with like their own storyline, and every episode is different. It's different art styles. Is it that robot one? Yes, it's it's um. Love, sex, and robots. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was Love, Sex, and Robots. Right. Some some shit like that. Yeah, some shit yeah. like that. And there was this one episode where this this crew or this guy was going through sp- like going through space and basically he went to like the, he found this space station that was like I don't know but long story short he was like found this girl who I guess was like his girlfriend or some shit like that and then like you know he had sex with her and shit and then he woke up the next morning and it was like replaying it and he was like wait what the fuck and he started to realize it but then at the end of the story, you see that his crew was actually attacked by this fucking being that basically attaches itself to your mind and makes you play the same shit over and over and over again while it basically like feeds on you. And I'm like, yo, that shit is fucking creepy uh, as hell. That might have been a Black Mirror. Is that Black Mirror? No, no, it's not Black Mirror, but it's kind of like the same concept. It's just animated. I don't know why I can't remember. I think it's like Love, figure, Death, and Robot. That. Some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, I'll have to check that one out. That might, be, that, actually, that might be the fucking name. Hold on. I need to look at this. Look this shit up now. And while I look this up, one, one mm. thing, yes, it is. Love, Death, and Robots. That's what it is on Netflix. Um, one of the things that I liked about your project, because I, whenever I read shit, I always want to see if I can relate it to some higher form of media that I read. And I felt like when I was reading it, it reminded me of like a, an American horror story season. If okay. that makes sense. I don't know if you've watched American horror story. I have. I love that series. So I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, that that compliment that's gets a compliment from me, so I don't mind. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And I and um, you know, whatever you think about like the later seasons, but like the earlier seasons, like season one, two, and three, I felt mm-hmm. like when I was reading this, I was like, Oh, this seems pretty creative. Um and I like the aspect of of the two brothers and it's very like somber in the beginning. I like that they have motive to go and I like I said I'm trying to like explain it without giving out details but I like the motive where they went to this place to kind of kind of like resolve tension but they're brothers and both of them are handling it differently and then yeah. that's where like we we meet the situation that they go into like obviously you see the fucking bat on the cover of it but it's like shit man like this would be a fucking solid ass fucking live action hey man like um I don't I wrote it for a cause to be a comic book, but I definitely also wrote it, you know, to hopefully one day be a movie. Um, but you know, like I want, I love that you said that it was kind of like American Horror Story because it, it's also um, things like Twilight Zone, uh, Tales from the Crypts, um, those kind of like anthology horror and stuff. I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. So I do like to have that uh, getting started like right away, kind of like you're thrust into a story that's already gone going on. You kind of write about what the characters are, you know, about, and then crazy. you know, throw even more at them. Just keep throwing, like, shit at them. Throw constantly, be throwing twists and horror and monsters and 
and even more twists and revelations. That's now that's how you write, man. That's so good. <laughs> I was, I was, I promise you. I wish I could turn my fucking Xbox on and go to the party chat. We were literally talking about Tales from the Crypt, Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark? First of all, Tales from the Crypt or of the Crypt, whatever. That was the mm-hmm. creepiest fucking show ever. I remember when I was fucking younger, if I was going through the channels and I saw the fucking Crypt Keeper on the channel, I'm I'm turning it immediately. That shit freaked me the fuck out when I was fucking younger, bro. Yeah, man. It had all the sex and nudity in it, so you, you knew you weren't supposed to be watching it. <laughs> Fuck no, fuck that. I was not watching that shit. That shit was fucking like I would watch where the Crypt Keeper was on, but then like yeah. when the actual, I guess, you know, mini episode or whatever come on, I'm like, nah, fuck this. I'm not watching this. But at the same time, I liked Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. I felt like yeah. they were a little bit more my speed, especially obviously me being at that age. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like I should revisit Tales from the Crypt. But that's just yeah, it's a good marathon show, especially the, the first season. It's pretty good. Uh, I've seen the first two, three seasons are really good. Um, and it, you can just look up a list of top 10 and then just watch those, and you'll get basically everything because there's a lot of stinkers in there, too. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 on all of those shows, there's definitely episodes that are like super trash. I mean, yeah. even with Goosebumps, if I could. Like, there was a Goosebumps episode, the one where the dad was a plant. Like, if you watch that shit now, you're like, all right, this is corny as fuck. But then there was a there was an episode where, like, these kids were at camp. And then at the end, it was like, all right, cool, you guys are training to, I don't know, do some shit. And then it points to the earth, and you see the earth in the sky. And the whole time, you're like, wait, these motherfuckers aren't even earthlings? Yo, this is crazy. Yeah, um, I love how they would always end with that, like... It was never a happy ending. It was like, oh my god, this is like terrible. Like the kids still missing. This kid's dead or something. You know? <laughs> like there was never like a good ending. <laughs> yeah, there was a fucking. There was an episode where what's that? I think it might have been like the first episode or some shit where the fucking they family moves into like this house and and all of the fucking neighbors are just like these fucking ghosts that yeah. want to just like eat them but they it doesn't make any sense because it was like yo you guys could have just ate them in like the first two minutes of the episode but for some reason they kind of like drag it and then the family mm-hmm. ends up like leaving afterwards and then the dog basically becomes one of them at the end and you're like oh these people are fucked but it's like yeah. shit like that man. i love it yeah yeah you don't get whenever you tell good horror stories you don't want to have that happy ending where oh they all made it out or the, the the last survivor made it, you know? You want to have that ending that leaves people with, like, fuck, like, that was a terrifying yeah. movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. What's your what's your favorite... I don't know if you if you said this already, but what's your favorite horror movie? Um, I'll say the, the movie that inspired this book was the most was American Werewolf from London. It's, um, and it is one of my favorite horror movies. Um... I grew up watching that probably, I probably first watched it when I was like six or seven. And that transformation scene. And uh, oh, oh, I just love this movie. I can talk about it all day long. But um, <laughs> the transformation scene is I, one I've of the never, moments I love. I've, um, never, I've never, I never watched it. I never, I never watched. I think like the oldest shit that I've watched between like werewolves, vampires, and all that shit was like Nosferatu. And that's just mm-hmm. like, I'm a big, I'm a big old school movie fan. I like the Universal monsters, uh, like Dracula, Werewolf. Um, okay. The thing about American Werewolf from London that I really like is the comedy. Like people don't really appreciate the comedy in that movie. Um, if you watch it, you gotta really kind of like listen to the jokes, and it's okay to laugh at them. It's okay to laugh at a horror movie. Like I think some people don't laugh at horror movies because just because it's a horror movie, they think they can't laugh, or they think they can't. And there, there can't be jokes in it. But I love horror movies where there's like comedy to kind of like ease the tension. And then after that quick laugh, it's like, bam, another scary thing, you know? Like, so I love that. So, Freddy Krueger definitely had some shit where it's like you would laugh and then you would be like, all right, this motherfucker is yeah. creepy as fuck. 
Same thing with Chucky. Chucky, Chucky is the best. Yes, I love yeah. Chucky. That's, that's, that's funny. Black people call it Chucky, even though it's fucking, you know, I don't know. Uh, child's play. <laughs> child's play, yeah. 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 I don't, black people always do that. Like, I've always heard my black friends when I was younger say, yo, you watch Chucky or whatever. And then it wasn't until, like, I, I had my white friends like, oh, you want to watch Child's Play? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this movie with this doll. I was like, oh, you mean Chucky? It's like, no, the movie's called Child's Play. And you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that. I think it's interesting because they did kind of, like, start put, putting Chucky in the titles after a certain point, like The Bride of Chucky and and uh, when all the other Chucky called the Chucky or whatever. I don't know. So now they, they're, they, uh, they, I think they, I think they caught on to that and they're like, People just know it as Chucky, so we're gonna call it Chucky. Cause Child's Play isn't scary, but yeah. if you know the fucking enemy, it's like, all right, cool. It's like Chucky. It's like we we get it now. A Nightmare on Elm Street is more scarier of a title than Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's true. Halloween. I mean, <laughs> Halloween is like the poster movie for Michael Myers. Michael Myers sounds like somebody who works at the desk next to me at my fucking job. Like, that doesn't <laughs> seem scary. But when you attach it to Halloween, and now you know the history of Michael Myers, now yeah. he's fucking scary. You yeah. know? Um, same thing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is fucking scary as fuck. I guess yeah. Leatherface, like, that shit could be fucking scary, too. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw time. Massacre sounds way scarier. Yeah. I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. That was another early movie I saw. I don't know. Did you, did you also watch uh, scary movies as a kid? Like, did your cousins try to force you to watch scary movies? No, my history. On, oh, so yes, that most definitely <laughs> and fucking traumatized the fuck out of me. I was never into horror movies or scary shit or anything like that. But my grandmother was. My mom stays really? far away from scary movies. My dad, not really like into it. I don't. I don't think he was like scared of it. He just he just watched sports, drink beer. And maybe what like he would watch, definitely watch action movies. But my grandmother, she loved the type of movies that you love. So I remember when I'd be at my grandmother's house, she'd be watching Twilight Zone, um, all of these old black and white horror movies. And my mom always told me that my grandmother loved it. So then as I got older, then I started to getting to it a little bit more. And I remember when I was younger, like my uncle made us watch Jeepers Creepers. I was afraid to go in the basement for my entire life. Anything <laughs> under fucking ground, I was fucking afraid. Then I remember when The Ring, like, oh, oh, oh wait, let me let me backtrack. Let me go to the Blair Witch Project. When that shit came out, when I was in, like, fourth grade, fifth grade, and first of all, we all thought that shit was real. If you didn't yeah. think that shit was real, you're fucking lying. But there was no yeah. internet back then, or it was, like, very minimal internet. That yeah. shit was fucking scary as fuck. The ring scared the shit out of me when I was in fucking junior high school, but it wasn't until maybe high school where I started to get into horror movies and started to look at it in a different way. And now I like horror movies. I don't watch everything, but like if a good horror movie comes out, like I love The Conjuring 1 and 2. Um, I love that universe. Not all of the movies are like great, but I love that universe. That's like my my go-tos when it comes to horror movies. Yeah, speaking of grandmas, my grandma was the exact opposite. She uh, she hated horror movies, and she would actually like get mad at like all her uh, you know my cousins and me uh, while we were watching like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever. She'd be like, "This is the devil's film" or something like that. She she would always say <laughs> stuff like that, and uh, and I think that made us like it even more. <laughs> Because we're like, I, I, we want to, you know, we want to like do things our grandma doesn't want us to do. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. my my family is yeah. big into horror movies. Like my sister is a, my sister and her husband are even bigger, like horror movie fanatics yeah. than I am. So. Yeah, there, there's something about like the thrill of running away from something or or being afraid of something that's you know chasing you or you don't understand it or you know, just like weird shit. Like, um, even when I was in high school, or I remember not even high school, junior high school, I remember I had a girlfriend and like, everybody was like chilling at her house for, for Halloween. And we were just hot watching horror movies. And I think Halloween was like on like a Saturday. So we were just watching it from like morning until whenever. And that's when I literally went through Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and like one shot. 
And I was like, oh, these movies aren't maybe because I was like older and I like experienced life and shit that was way more scarier than horror movies, mm-hmm. um, like losing your virginity or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fucking uh, yeah, like Jason, like I could understand the hype around fucking Jason and, and the Friday the 13th. Very fucking good movie. I can understand the hype around fucking Michael Myers, even though it's like, yo, I'm I, I'm black. I could outrun Michael Myers so quickly. So that made it less fear for me. Um, Freddy Krueger is <laughs> like, you ain't running from him. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah, unless like you don't go to sleep. But I love the aspect of of the mind games that Freddy plays. So like when people would basically, all right, all we got to do is not go to sleep. And yeah. then. You don't see them fall asleep when they're in a dream. Yeah. Like, I love that fucking aspect. That shit is so fucking cool. Yeah. That's Wes Craven, man. Wes Craven's a a genius when it comes to horror. Um, Yeah, man. That shit's fire. Shit's fire. Um, Speaking of uh, horror, like, uh, and directors, like, a lot of directors get started in horror. A lot of writers get started in horror. And then they end up branching out into other things. And I think that's because horror is a very... It's just a very forgiving genre. You can basically tell whatever kind of story you want. There's no, there's no handlebar. Like there's no thing stopping you from doing whatever you want. You can be as like despicable, as terrifying, as horrible as a person you want to be when you're telling the story. You know, because it's a horror movie. You can. That's what they expect. So. And that's fucking James Wan, man. I fucking hate him, bro. He James Wan <laughs> made some of the greatest horror yeah. franchises of all time: Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring. He doesn't fucking direct fucking horror movies anymore. He's fucking doing Aquaman. Like, yo, go back to fucking horror, bro. Because now yeah. all these franchises, like, it's either hit or miss with them because he's not fucking directing them. Yeah, there's a puppet movie he did. I, I wish I wish he would do more of those. It was, uh, I think it was puppet. Oh, uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, know. yes, the one, the one where the puppet looks like the fucking. Uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the, the other. There's two the different puppet puppets. What but um, there's two different puppet horror series, and, and I get them mixed up. But he did one that was uh, something I forgot what it was called. But that was oh, one that's really good. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've seen the images of it, but I don't think I've seen it. And then I know he he didn't direct this, but I guess his company or him produced that Megan movie. So mm-hmm. perfect example of a horror movie with comedy. That is exactly what that Megan movie is. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good movie. I think it's a really great concept. Um, mm-hmm. It's just very, very fucking creepy. Yeah, I would even I call it more of like a sci. I guess it is a sci-fi horror movie, but it, like it leans heavy sci-fi and more like into like a good concept, like a, what might happen, you know? Because we're in that age right now where we have this AI and, and all these people pushing technology to the like to the limit now. And then we're all just like, dude, chill. Like, we just want to <laughs> go back to the old days. <laughs> yeah. So do you think do you think that there is a horror side to AI or do you think that there's a benefit to AI? I think there's only horror. <laughs> really? Yeah. The exact opposite. I feel like human beings are the fucking horror. And I feel like AI could do a lot of things to fucking eliminate that. I don't really know. It depends on how you use AI. I think whenever AI gets... To the point where it's where it's replacing humans in any way, that's whenever I get I get I don't like it, and that that's when I'm just like cut it out. I don't I don't want it at all. Where could where could it replace humans? Like obviously there's shit art, writing, yeah, art and writing. I mean, I just feel like all right, cool. This will be written or created by AI. But then the shit that's created by human is going to be that much more valuable. So in terms, it's going to make what me and you do mm. even more valuable. It's the same thing like gold or like diamonds. It's like that's yeah, you could get a manu- you could get a manufactured diamond and you could get fake gold. But when you dig and you find a real gold, that shit is fucking worth something. Mm. But what about like the AI just going to keep constantly getting better and better until the AI is as good as? As whatever you know, other people can do. I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I don't like how quickly it can advance. How quickly and 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 also what it can t- what can it do to take over? You know, like 
uh, different companies and things. So. Why do we assume that it's going to take over? Why? Is it because human, human beings human do that like, shit? Yes. And we always like to project ourselves on fucking aliens and AI and fucking primates. Like, we always like to project what humans do. Maybe You're humans right. are the fucked up ones and we need shit like this to kind of simmer us the fuck down. You're right. It is going to be the humans that drive the AI that's going to destroy civilization or whatever. But if we didn't have that AI to begin with, I think it would be a lot harder, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always thinking of shit like, like, yo, you know, if everybody's car had AI, there'd be way less fucking accidents. Oh, yeah. That'd be way cool. That would be cool. Error. I could go out to the fucking bar and get hammered, hop in my fucking Tesla or fucking Jetson's fucking vehicle, say, yo, take me home and just fucking pass the fuck out, wake up in my garage afterwards. Man, I remember in eighth grade learning about that technology and getting so excited, being thinking like, oh, great, I don't have to get a driver's license. Like, by the time I get out of high school, you know, like, we're going to already have all this. And then, you know, 20 years, 10 years later, you know, it's like, uh, I still haven't really figured it out yet, so I'm like, okay, I guess we're yeah. they're never going to. So. Did you see that video <laughs> of the girl who basically, like, she learned how to drive in a Tesla, like, girl, and then they put her in a real car? She's like, yo, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, you know, really? how do you fucking, like, it's it's like the creepiest, that's, weirdest that's thing ever. It's so fucking weird, but it's like, yo, that is like a, a snapshot or a glimpse on what we're going to see in the fucking future where it's like, yo, you hand, like if I hand one of my kids a fucking analog telephone, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, there's no screen to it. It's, yeah, man. So fucking weird. So yeah, fucking It's like the world we live in doesn't exist anymore. It's like, everything's been replaced by new technology. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's just strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yo, I another good sci-fi movie that isn't a horror movie but you could definitely make a horror version out of it is The Matrix. If you think yeah. about The Matrix, very fucking terrifying. Especially yeah. the first one. That's a good idea. Someone should make that into a kind of a horror idea. And run with that. I'm sure they I'm sure they have. They just oh uh they just came out with The Creator, which isn't a horror movie. But it's very like early, like Matrix story. But yeah, mm. the fact I think that I AI, like as the as the villain or whatever. Yeah, everybody wants to make AI the fucking the fucking villain. I mean, they're they're hiding the humans. <laughs> they don't want the, they don't want people to reveal humans as the the real uh, the evil. Because it's it's gonna get to a point where it's like, all right, cool. AI is gonna be smart enough to be like, all right, cool we could just leave this planet and we can go anywhere we want. So it's like, yeah, there's no point to kill humans. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny how, how like humans always want to go towards, and obviously I understand it for entertainment wise because that, you know, that shit makes sense. But like, we just take everything and we want to turn it into something that's fucking crazy. Like the, you know, for instance, I just watched the fucking Nun 2 which is a fucking great fucking movie, way better than the first one. But it's like, yo, you just took like a religious aspect and it just fucking turned it horror. So it's like all of the 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 safety that we have in religion and faith is basically like, nah, fuck this, horror is going to be in here as well. Um, yeah. And it's just interesting how humans want to just like imprint that. Yeah. The Exorcist, man. That's a great, great one uh, that I grew up watching. I remember my dad put that on when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, it just shows you, like, where what kind of family I grew up with. <laughs> but I came out okay. I think, uh, I, don't think I don't think horror movies is for kids. I don't think horror movies, I don't think kids watching horror movies turns kids into bad people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe that. But, um. Yeah, not, not at all. I just think, you know. I feel like people's upbringing turns people into fucking bad people. You know, yeah. it's not necessary. Like it could, be, like it could be a part of it, but it's like, yo, if you're in a loving home and you accidentally watch The Exorcist, you're not gonna fucking turn into a fucking demon yeah. child or fucking serial killer or anything like that. But if you got all of the combinations between your parents treated you this way, school treated you this way, 
and you are basically tortured, maybe not physically, but mentally. And yeah, something's gonna fucking crack in you, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I had an argument with one of my friends on the difference between like a serial killer and just like regular murderers. And he is an avid horror movie like stan. Like he watches everything. Uh, he has fucking like horror movie posters everywhere. And I'm like, yo, you're the one person that need like you should be telling me what a serial killer is. It's like your yeah. favorite fucking movie is fucking Halloween. Like you love Michael Myers, but you're arguing me on the definition of a serial killer. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> what was the argument uh pertaining? Like so basically he was basically saying that anybody who kills people in a massive number should be labeled as a serial killer. So, like, if you're in a gang and you kill three or more people, you're a serial killer. If you're okay. in the mafia or if you're in the military and you kill a bunch of people, you're a serial killer. And I'm trying to explain with him. I was like, yo, that's not the definition as far as the court. I was like, serial killers kill people for no reason. And, yes, they'll have a specific characteristics on the type of people that they killed or a specific pattern that like mm-hmm. detectives or psychological um, psychologists can discover. But mm-hmm. if I'm in the military and I'm, you know, killing people, that is because it's my job. I'm doing yeah. it to protect or stop. Same thing with the mafia. And, exactly. If I'm a drug dealer and I'm killing other drug dealers, I have motive. It's because I don't want them selling drugs on my turf or maybe they'll kill me or, you know, whatever it is. And he's just mm-hmm. not understanding it. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, Richard Ramirez, fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, fucking all of these people. If people have massive numbers of killings and you're and you ask yourself, what the fuck? Why did they do that? This person is crazy. They're probably yeah. a serial killer. Yeah. And I think um, also if you're hiding it, uh, that's also a big thing. Uh, like drug dealers and, and the mafia and, and the military, they don't, really, they don't really worry about hiding that they've killed people. Where, oh. where serial killers... They have to hide it because they're doing it repeatedly, and they're almost like a, it's almost like a, like a impulse for them where they have to do it, um, and where yeah. yeah I don't know it's, I get it like yeah, I think I mean, a serial killer is like a term terminology or something specific terminology. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that uh I wouldn't say that a drug dealer wouldn't hide because obviously like you know yeah. we, we know cartels and like you know they they all hide their their killings but like they're killing for a specific reason which is you know territory or you stole money from me or or you know there's reasons why like there's reasons why a drug dealer now you could be a drug dealer or a gang member or, or you know in the military and if you're killing innocent people yeah while, you're also like, a serial they, killer yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a serial, <laughs> serial killer and you're, you know, whatever you are. Um, you know, shit, shit like that. Like, I watch fucking, um, I watch Narcos and I, I'm like one of fucking Pablo Escobar's hitmen. I can't remember his fucking name. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, this dude could be borderline like serial killer. But the fact that he's killing, like, like he's ordered to kill them and, you know, it, it it's 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 like a fucking gray area. Yeah, maybe if he's taking uh, some pleasure from it, it's getting into the serial killer vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking, I don't want to understand these people. I've right, I don't either. Man. But I do like it. watching like, the documentaries. <laughs> yeah, 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 I just, I, I just want to keep life simple. But I'm nerdy. I just want to play video games, do this shit, like talk with other nerds and shit like that, and. uh just raise my family and that's it. Have a nice little nerdy, boring life. I don't want to experience any form of self-defense or any shit like that. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll make sure to, we'll, we got to do some sage work or something to cleanse our house after this. Yeah, we don't right. want to see what coming in. Burn some sage or some fucking marijuana. Yeah. They get some good fucking vibes in the house, right? Um, yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel about like ghosts and shit like that? See, I see the reason why I think that a lot of Latinos like horror movies is because I think a lot of Latinos have experience with ghosts and like supernatural like things. I think we all have those stories of encountering something that we didn't really understand, or we thought it was a ghost, or maybe we even saw a ghost. You know, I think I I don't I don't uh, I don't not believe in it. I do believe in it. So, um, I don't. Whenever people tell me about it, I, I tend to believe in it. 
Have you had any fucking experiences? I've had a lot of weird ones. Like, um, I had, there's sometimes it'll be like a, almost like a flash, like come at you for like a split second. You'll see like a figure, um, like either an outline of a shadow or something. And then it'll just immediately vanish. I've had that experience a couple of times where, yeah, uh, there was specifically when I was like going into a new apartment. Um, and apparently someone had died here. This apartment right here. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and I remember like one of the early first couple of days I've come into my apartment, I had that like, like almost like a spirit seemed like just flash by me. And um, I've had other things where it's like uh, my dog died and I have this like skeleton dog over here, like a, like a little um, Halloween toy, uh, but it's like a big kind of toy. Um, and I have that and I almost use it as like a, in, in honor of my dog that died. And every once in a while, the thing will freaking turn on and it's off. Like the switch is off and it'll start howling and stuff. And so I don't know what it is, but I, I believe it's something, you know? I know what it is. We got to get rid of that fucking toy. That's that's what it is. <laughs> I got fucking kids. Anytime there's a toy that like goes off and on in the middle of the night or out of nowhere in the garbage, I'm throwing it <laughs> in the fucking dumpster, getting out of my house. I don't want anything that could potentially be any sort of fucking creepy shit in my house so yeah, yeah that, that, that's where i'll go with that and and the reason why i asked that fucking question because in your story obviously one of the brothers has like a vision and you know obviously it's like a ghost of, of someone um mm-hmm. and i just find it i find it interesting and this kind of ties in with like my conspiracy theory that i was talking about before where it's like you know in horror when there's ghosts involved it's like people experience this shit and it's like is it like an an imprint of something that just happened or is there like another dimension that's like connecting or like bleeding with ours and we can see it or maybe it has to deal with time maybe it's just like something that's repetitive and timelines are just like super close with each other and sometimes we see things that happened in the past and we just mm-hmm. claim it to be ghosts. And I always find that shit interesting because ghosts are like the one thing in horror that is very, very supernatural. Not to say that werewolves and like giant bats aren't, but mm-hmm. those are like physical, tangible objects that like you could fight off. Whereas like a ghost, sometimes like you can't. Yeah. And like I think in my story, my, my idea of having a ghost, like he's a ghost kind of. Um, is I also like the idea whenever a person sees a ghost, but other people don't see it, and so other people think he's crazy. So I, I, I added that too. You know, that, that's a nice element that I think a lot of people can relate to, and um, and that I think I wanted to add that to my story too. Um, have that little bit of like almost people don't really believe in him, but maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't believe him, but but maybe they just kind of like you know, like all right, you're seeing shit because you just went through this whole crazy experience, you know? So maybe that's what people think, but um, but to the person who's seeing the ghost, it's very much real. It very much is happening in front of their eyes. And so whenever it's happening to them, it's important to make it look as real as possible, uh, at least to them while while they're watching it, while they're looking at it. And then whenever someone else comes in, you can whoosh, make the ghost go away, you know? Yeah. I got a friend who's a ghost hunter. Um, and with like this shit like whether it's on like youtube like a tv show i probably like i feel like 98 percent of the shit that you see is staged but there is like that small percentage where it's like unexplained or it could be real or shit like that so i'm I'm never going to discredit somebody's like personal experience i'm not going to jump at it again say oh this shit is all bullshit it doesn't exist it's like no i do believe that a lot of people stage it for entertainment purposes and money and shit like that but yeah um so like i have my friend she is we worked at a, at a travel agency together and like you know I, I had no idea like we were just talking about shit and she was just like oh i'm a paranormal investigator and i'm like what and she was like yeah i do it for like fun and she's part of like this organization back in long island and i'm like get the fuck out of here i'm like really and she's like the most like sweetest girl like, don't lie. Like, she doesn't steal, like, anything. And she was like, yeah, I got, like, some cool, like, footage that, like, we just, like, they investigated a school or some shit. And she showed me a video of this classroom because they were investigating it. 
and the camera is just still it's nobody's in the classroom and you see like this light orb go across the room and there's like a you know those old partitions that like you see in movies where it's like a it's like an accordion and then you spread it out and then you can't see shit on the other side yeah like people like people would have it in their house to like change and shit like that but they just had it in the classroom i guess maybe to like put kids in time or some shit whatever okay but this orb like goes across the room and it's like i think it's like blinking or whatever but it goes across the room disappears then the partition just falls and that sold me i was like all right this shit is real because i've never seen some shit like that ever in my fucking life i was like that was fucking nuts and then she showed me some other cool shit but like I believed her because she's not looking for monetary gain. Like she doesn't have a YouTube channel or shit like that. She just genuinely likes creepy ass shit. And she was mm-hmm. like, I want to be a paranormal investigator. And I was like, Yo, that's that's fucking creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. I, I believe it, dude. Uh, I think it's real. I, I love watching those shows where they ghost hunt. Um, there's a lot of them are are staged, I think. And uh, the ones that I really like are the ones where they like caught on camera, where they have like they're explaining what you know their camera caught or what their door camera caught and it's like you're like whoa that's that really is scary like how did you, who, who could explain that kind of stuff you know that one's always interesting you know? I like those things. you gotta give them credit because even if they are staging it a lot of these shows they're going into places that are fucking creepy as fuck like to go into yeah. a old jail fucking building from like the 1800s and being locked in there and just being pitch black that in itself is fucking scary fuck about meeting ghosts just being there is fucking creepy as fuck so i give them yeah. bonus points for that like that shit's entertaining as fuck yeah yeah man you horror guys man you guys i'm not fully into i'm not fully into but like fully like absorbed by the horror scene i like everything um but like the people who are just like committed to horror i gotta give it to you guys man i don't know how the fuck you guys like I like everything though, but um, I like everything though. I I I can dig with almost any genre of movies and yeah, but horror. I think the great thing about horror and it's very misunderstood, and it's also it's not um like people will they don't ever get they don't ever get the acknowledgement that they need that I think horror movies deserve because um, you can really tell really interesting stories with horror. You can even tell things that are even more more real. And more interesting than what a normal drama could tell, because sometimes these dramas are just very uh, roman- romanticized life yeah. of you know whatever. But with horror, you can really get down to the nitty gritty and the darkness of the mind, and also uh, the things that we think we see, you know, around the world. So. Yeah, I would say one of my favorite combos is a romance drama. That's horror. So you ever watch Crimson Peak? Yeah, I love that one. That's a good. Has a good vibe to it. I love that movie. That is a fucking sleeper right there. Yeah, and I'll, I'll end the podcast on this. If anybody on this fucking podcast is taking a girl out on a date, and you're trying to woo her, and you want like something good for a date night, get you some fucking pizza, some fucking popcorn, maybe some fucking Kool Aid or some fucking Sprite soda, whatever you want. Turn on Crimson Peak. Because that is a good fucking love story slash horror movie. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking good movie right there. Good yeah, fucking if you're, try- if you're trying to impress that goth girl, put on that movie. She might stab you at the end of it, but it was worth it. Goth girl is gonna, she's gonna <laughs> drop her pants after that movie. She's gonna be like, "This is what you like? Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking never mind. I'm not gonna go into details, but yeah, she is going to be down. Just letting you know." We are hooking you up right here. But um, awesome. Raphael, I really, really fucking appreciate you hopping on my podcast, man. Um, I love what you guys got going on. I love your fucking story. I can't wait for the rest of the world to fucking see it. Before you cut out of here, plug your project and also plug anything else that you guys have going on. Um, and then, yeah, we'll cut out of here. All right. Um, my name is Raphael. Uh, we have a book called The Return of Kamazots out on Kickstarter right now. It is completely funded, but you can go support it still. Uh, we got a lot of covers that, um, a lot of great covers by the artist Azriel. We also have a, a special Chrome cover by uh, TMNT versus Street Fighter artist uh, Ariel Medell. Um, he, so he did our, our special variant cover. 
And uh, it's all done by Grim Core Studios. It's a new horror publisher. Um, Daniel Grimm is a uh, former, former editor-in-chief of uh, uh, Concrete Comics. Uh, this is his new project. This is his new baby. Uh, Grim Core Studios, we're coming hard uh, with the horror. And, uh, you know, we're going to impress a lot of people. And uh, we're excited to finally be giving this out to everybody. We're live on Kickstarter right now. We'll support it. Um, you can find me at, at Comics Comics. And you can find Grimcore at Grimcore Studios uh, all over social media. There we fucking go. There we fucking go, man. Grimcore Studios, Raphael, Fire Ass Project. That cover, A fucking one, by the way. I got to say it again. The cover is fucking A one. But um, yeah, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're fucking watching and listening to. Um, we're getting out of here and then we're going to hop on Patreon. So make sure that you sub the channel, comment your favorite horror movie or any shit. And then, um, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Deuces.